Hi, I'm Bridget Wood, and you're listening to Miso Scoop. So this week, I had my first ever earthquake. I mean, granted, it only registered a three-point-something on the Richter scale, but you definitely knew something was happening. I was a little bit too shocked slash completely oblivious as to what I should be doing that I didn't record all the rumbling and crashing in the meantime. So, here's my recreation. Picture me sitting there at work, typing at my desk. Then... And then me sitting there like a stunned mullet with no one around and me trying to work out what should I do? Should I be evacuating? Should I be getting under my desk? Should I be slightly concerned about this? I mean, do earthquakes start off gradually and get worse? Does the alarm going off mean I should be doing something right now? Upon looking around though, the senior lawyers just kept on working, looking up briefly and sighing at the frustration of an earthquake imposing itself on their schedule. So we'd stopped, everyone straightened their desk and kept on going as usual. Amazing. The moral of the story, it seems, is that if you can continue to do your work, it's not bad enough to even give notice to. So from earthquake rumblings to the rumblings of the earth caused by sumos, this week a bunch of friends and I were dead set on going to the sumo wrestling for this May spring tournament. Now, sumo tickets are quite expensive. It's prestigious and it's held in a relatively small stadium and therefore there are limited tickets. But a limited number of tickets for about $20 are sold on the day of the match. The gates opened at 8am so we thought we'd be organised, arrive at 7.30am and get our tickets for that afternoon. We were wrong. So wrong. The line was huge. The early bird gets the worm, and in this case, that was definitely not us. So, after we left and headed for breakfast instead. If you do want to see the sumo, though, and and have slightly more success than we did, listen up. You see, a number of tournaments are held each year, lasting for a week or so. They move around the country and are in Tokyo about four times a year. Buy a ticket if you want to guarantee a seat. Otherwise, get to the Sumo Stadium in the city's east at about 6.30am to get the general admission ticket. But what if you're not in Tokyo during the tournament? Well, never fear. A number of stables, yes, stables, that's what they call the homes and training grounds of sumos, allow you to watch, often for free. Simply Google it and a list of stables which are offering training sessions at that time of the year will come up. Remember though, sumo here is hugely revered, so you must be extremely polite. You must bow to the stable master, you must remain seated for the entire training session and really don't take photos. And if you can't make it though to either the sumo wrestling match or to the training, you could at least indulge in a bowl of sumo stew. Chunko nabi is vegetable and meat piled up with everything, and the only rule seems to be that it is made by or for a sumo. Generally, though, it contains chicken, an animal that walks on its two feet, a good omen for sumos who are about to enter the ring and remain on their own two feet. Also on this weekend was the Sanja Matsuri Festival, one of the biggest festivals in all of Tokyo. It's held at Sensoji Temple and celebrates the three fishermen who founded the temple. In reality, though, it's just a giant eating and drinking party. The final day of the three-day festival sees millions come through the temple walls to see the three giant one-ton shrines, usually with a Yakuza gang member on top revving up the crowd, being paraded through the streets. We went on the second last day, not quite multiple millions of people, but definitely enough to come and see the 44 smaller shrines that were paraded around. It sounded a little bit like this.
Now the singing men that you hear there were wearing traditional outfits containing the shortest shorts you've ever seen in your life. Now that's saying something because these were the first bare legs I have seen in my entire time in Tokyo and I was getting here the total package quite literally. Some had even done away with the shorts completely which is a bit of a shock to the system in this overly conservative society. On this auspicious day I also decided to get my fortune from the powers of be at the temple. Looks like good things are coming my way, but not just right now. So the waiting game begins. As well as the Sanja Matsuri Festival, the beer festival was also on. So in the festival spirit, we headed on over. Craft beer is becoming a bit of the it thing in Japan at the moment, and they were willing to take some more risks. Sake beer, wild rice grain beer, mocha beer, and red wine beer. Tasting red wine beer makes me think that they should maybe stick to their sake making. Speaking of which, if you have Netflix, you must watch the documentary called The Birth of Saki on there at the moment about a group of Saki members who live together. It's beautiful and it gives you a taste of the people I encounter in my everyday Japanese life. Now, moving on to some of my minor victories this week. A Japanese lady asked me for directions while I was out in a run. This is surprising for a number of reasons. Firstly, yes, I was running. Japan has made me do crazy things. The other impressive thing that was I must look like a local. Notwithstanding the fact that I had no idea where the place was that she wanted to go, I felt pretty good. As for the challenges this week though, my hair is getting unruly, the humidity is picking up, and I am in desperate need of a haircut. How? Where? How do I communicate this? Wish me luck. So until next week, I'm Bridget Wood, and you're listening to Miso Scoop.